It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Today, not in America's greatest college town. We are on location in another Mountainville, Mississippi at the Hump. The Humphrey Coliseum, where unfortunately things didn't go well for the Georgia men's team last night, fell to Mississippi State, always a tough place to play. And tonight, the Lady Bulldogs trying to make it two in a row, take on Mississippi State, which has won four in a row. So I'm actually at the Lady Dogs practice, what we call the business, the shoot-around prior to the game, broadcasting courtside here from the Hump, where Bailey Howe made a lot of magic back in the day, as did Jeff Malone. From America's greatest college town via Starkville, not in Athens today, hello in Central Georgia, Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins, Perry, and Fort Valley. Down into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordell, and Unadilla, and all our friends on the coast in Savannah, out to Tybee Light, Wilmington Island, down into Brunswick at the beautiful Golden Isles, St. Simons, Jekyll Island, and Sea Island, to the 912, the 478, and the 229 from the 706, along with our superb producer, the one and only Chris Rogers. My name is Jeff Dantzler. Chris is hurriedly and feverishly and workmanlikely putting together a tremendous collection of cheesy love songs for our Valentine's Day show coming up, well, on Valentine's Day on February the 14th. The numbers, if you'd like to join us here today, 478-646-3776. That's 478-646-ESPN. I'm going to have my sidekick with me today, Trey Littlefield, going to join me in about 10 minutes from the Georgia Sports Information Office. So we'll talk a lot of Georgia football. And, of course, we're going to talk Super Bowl. Got five Bulldogs playing in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shoot me a tweet. Let me know where you're listening from, at Jeff Dantzler TV. And we've had listeners from all across Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and certainly today in Mississippi, out in New Orleans and Texas, out west in Arizona, California, Washington State up in Seattle and Portland, Oregon, up north, from Chicago over to Pennsylvania, New York City, Boston, Mass., Vermont, down into the Mid-Atlantic, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. This show, the Bill Shank Show, all of our interviews, simply go to thesuperstations.com, and they are easy to download. And as I emphasize always, if I can do it, being definitively low-tech and a common idiot when it comes to technology, you can as well. I want to send out a big hello, as always, to my mother listening in in Statesboro, Georgia. She's streaming it in. To my stepmom, Patty, and my dad, listing in in Hilton Head, and to my Uncle Joe, listing on 104.3 out of Savannah, GA. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, Mr. Ray, driving down in St. Simon's today across the Golden Isles, and uh, my good friend, Larry Legend and Chardonnay Sharon, hanging out with Ollie and Milo on the shores of Lake Sinclair. So here we are. It is super. Super Bowl week coming up. Oh, by the way, I went nine for nine immaculate grid baseball today, so I'm pumped. And I'm at 100 straight on Wordle, and it hit 133 in a row before that, so 233 out of 234. Got it in three today. So everything's coming up Millhouse here today. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, second time these two have played in the past five years. Uh, back in 2019, technically in February of 2020, before the world stopped. 
Uh, the Chiefs had a great comeback win, dominated the fourth quarter, and beat the 49ers 31-20. So a rematch here in the Super Bowl, filled historically with rematches. Of course, there were the great battles with the Steelers and the Cowboys, with Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach back in the 1970s. And uh, there were the back-to-back Dallas Cowboys against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, you had uh, over a decade apart, gosh, 13 years technically, to, to be correct there. Uh, you had the Patriots and the Eagles, and then the Patriots and the Eagles. And, of course, you had the 49ers. Joe Montana gets Ken Anderson in the Bengals. Joe Montana gets Boomer Esiason in the Bengals. I might have said Eagles against the Bengals. Against the Bengals, B-E-N-G-A-L-S. The 26-21 game and the great 20-16 comeback victory. One of my favorite pieces of Super Bowl lore when the Niners got the ball, what was it, around five minutes, sitting on their own eight-yard line, and Joe Montana sensing the tension. So six over said, hey, isn't that John Candy? Yeah, it just kind of relaxed everybody and marched down the field they did with Montana and Jerry Rice and the game winner to John Taylor. Uh, I'm, I'm still surprised at what this line is with the 49ers being favored by two, even two and a half points. When you, you look at the, the quarterbacks, and I know I have beaten this poor dead horse to death, uh, but Brock Purdy, the guy who was Mr. Irrelevant, made mistakes in their two playoff games. But in the end, he quarterbacked the 49ers to victory, and he made plays with his legs. And that's what was so impressive to me in that great comeback against Detroit, which will, will certainly go down as more of the one of the more entertaining NFC Championship games of all time. Uh, for me, that Dwight Clark, the catch, the Cowboys 49ers will always be up at the top. But it's going to be – in my mind, a really, really good game. I think the numbers bear that out at 47.5 for the total and at a two-and-a-half point spread for San Francisco. And if you were in Las Vegas and were going to lay 10 bucks down on this game, I think Vegas is telling you that San Francisco is going to win. Now, you got a couple things that – you just can't take into account that they could just happen during a game. And that's obviously injuries and turnovers. And if one team's minus two in turnovers, there's a 95% chance they lose. I think these two teams are that closely matched. You got two great defenses, two very good running games. Like San Francisco's got a great running game. They're physical. And we saw San Francisco certainly wear the Lions down after – Dan Campbell's foolish decision not to kick a field goal up 24-10, and that game really turned. But the Chiefs can really run the ball. And the emergence of Rice at receiver, uh, that's given Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to say a a five-star weapon there, but it's given him his best target this year. And they're just not where they were when they had Tyreek Hill, when Travis Kelsey's in his prime, Kelsey's still great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a, he's a, maybe a, a nine, but not a ten at this point. But they just don't quite have the juice on the perimeter. But they do have a physical run game and, again, a terrific defense. And just looking at this thing, again, if you were out in Vegas and we're going to put ten bucks on it, I just – I'd have a hard time going against Mahomes, even though the numbers seem to be telling you that San Francisco is going to win. So my suggestion, if you were walking up to the window, put down your 10 bucks, tease it. Take you the Chiefs plus eight, 
over 41. That would be my advice there. So do the opposite. I, I, I still I, I'm just torn to pick on who's going to win this game because it's hard as well to go against Mahomes. I can remember thing not that long ago, Brady and the Patriots were underdog, tight. You'd say, well, maybe it's not their year. Maybe it's not their Sunday, and they would win, and they would keep winning. And you think, how in the world could anybody go against Brady in this situation? And I think it's a similar thing with Patrick Mahomes right now. Again, just the three play was he fourteen and three, fifteen and three, the two losses to Brady and the one to Burrow when they blew a twenty one to three lead. I mean, that's it for him in the playoffs. So is Brock Purdy gonna be added to that hit list? But you also have to feel like the 49ers, and I hate that term do, but I'm gonna say it. You almost feel like they're due. They've been regulars, they've been making deep runs into the playoffs. We all know about the Chiefs' six straight AFC championship games, and this is their fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years, something that only the New England Patriots and Brady did from 14 through 18 when they won three out of four. And now the the Chiefs are trying to win three out of four over a five-year period. But the Niners, NFC championship game, four out of five years, a second Super Bowl trip. You just kind of feel like it's their time. I mean, if you go back to the 2012 season when – the Harbaugh versus Harbaugh game. Baltimore beat them after the lights went out in New Orleans. That was kind of scary when that happened. And Baltimore found a way. But San Fran has been right there knocking at the door. Again, rich Super Bowl histories between these two. Kansas City 3-2 and two all-time going back to Super Bowl one when they lost to the Packers in Super Bowl fours. I've said many times my favorite NFL films with the great Hank Stram. And then, of course, the three recent ones. And meanwhile, the 49ers, four for four with Golden Joe Montana, 81, 84, 88, 89. Then Steve Young led the Niners to the title in 1994. And then the two losses since to the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now here they are. So I guess this is for San Fran. They've been in the Super Bowl, 80s, 90s, 10s, 20s. They've been in the Super Bowl four consecutive decades. That's pretty strong. That's really good stuff. And at this point, because this is only the, the fourth season, 20, 21, 22, and 23, just off the top of my head, thinking, yeah, because let's see, Kansas City hasn't. Kansas City played Tampa. Cincinnati certainly hasn't, nor have the Rams. Then, yeah, last year the Eagles didn't make it in the 90s. So, yeah, San Fran to do it in four straight decades. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, We are live at the Humphrey Coliseum. They call it the Hump here in Starkville, Mississippi. It's a beautiful day here in Starkville. Temperature sitting in the upper 50s. Had a great dinner. One of my favorite joints in the SEC, Harvey's. And going to a great barbecue joint called the Little Dewey's later today. you got to eat well when you're on the road in the SEC. Chris Rogers doing a great job. He's put together three more love songs as we speak with Valentine's just around the corner. My name is Jeff Dantzler. This is Lunchtime in Athens from Starkville, Mississippi here today. We're going to talk some Georgia Bulldogs when we return right here on the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Welcome back. It is lunchtime in Athens. You might hear some basketballs bouncing in the background. That's because we are at the shoot-around. That's the day of practice, some basketball lingo for you there. 
for the Georgia women's basketball team. Getting set to take on the Mississippi State. It's the great Jim Ellis would say Mississippi State, the Maroon Bulldogs. Those Maroon, the mighty months would always come the Maroons to avoid any uh, confusion there when the Bulldogs are playing the Bulldogs. And the game will tip off tonight. What time is tip off, sidekick? We are at 7.30 East. 7.30 so East. So 7.30 in Georgia, 6.30 Central here in Mississippi. Here in All right, yep. make sure I'm on the bus there. Trey Littlefield, yep. my sidekick, is with us here today, as he always is, when the Lady Dogs are on the road. We got our uh, dinner at Harvey's, got lunch coming up mm-hmm. at Little Dewey, a, a strong one-two punch, and, and I know our listeners are riveted uh, by how I, I love to eat in, in our favorite oh, places yeah. on the road. But, uh, but a good dinner last night. Unfortunately, uh, Trey, uh, the Georgia men kind of turned into a, a three-point battle there. This is a tough place to play, and uh, Mississippi State was able to, to pull it yeah. out. Good effort, as always, from Mike White and the Bulldogs. And right now, the are just struggling right now. It's a long season, and I know Coach White would say this, that, that, this. In the end, we just need a win and some confidence, so hopefully we can get that Saturday at well, Arkansas. Well, you're right. Let's first talk about our favorite subject. You brought it up first, and that's food. Food. Food, okay. yes, yes. And, and the best, excluding Athens, maybe the best one-two punch in the SEC, Harvey's, not Hardy's. Harvey's. Harvey's with a V. Uh and Little Dewey for lunch. Yes. Today. Is there a better one-two combo? I think other SEC towns have more depth, yeah, one okay. through ten. But as far as just a one and a two, I agree with you. Qu- quality think, over quantity. I think if you're talking about a percentage yeah. of one versus two, just a one-two, if you had to take the top two from every SEC town we travel to, I, I think that one's hard yeah, to start beat. top of the list. Yes. Those, I would. those two now, places. If, if you had to go one through five, a one through ten, you know, I think they're just because of the size of the town. Yeah. But as far as a one-two punch, Ooh. very strong it, indeed. So, it, it is hard to beat a Cajun-style Delta chicken with – you know, Cajun spices, little crawfish and, on the and side. You, and, and I was and, proud of your, your vegetable appetizer yeah. that you ordered, too. Broccoli, but fried. Fried broccoli <laughs> yeah. with bacon bits in there. Very, exactly. very healthy stuff uh, for you there. So, yeah, had, had a good dinner. Yeah. Like I said, unfortunately, and by the way, when I was on the men's broadcast as well, this never happened where we would have been in the same town back-to-back. It would have been far too convenient for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, again, I know for, for the guys, tough, tough guys one just were night. right there with Alabama, right there with Florida. And this, again, is such a tough place to play. You felt like State was kind of backed into a corner. But this is a State team. I got to talk to to Coach White in between our Monday radio shows. I mean, State has beaten Tennessee and Auburn. I mean, that's two top ten teams. This league, hot take here. You you only get it on this show. This league is very tough. In every sport. Uh, So you look at Mississippi State, four and six in the SEC, and they've got wins over arguably the two two of the better teams, Tennessee and Auburn. You could say the two Uh, best. By the way, Auburn put it on Bama last They sure did. They sure did. You know, and that's, that was a tough loss um, going on the road in the SEC. We talk about it all the time. You, if you could somehow pull out a road win, that's, oh. a, that's a win and a half or two wins on the road in the SEC. So, and, and coming in here to the hump, one of the tougher places to play. Um, you know, it was it was a good game. Just just could not. We would get within six. We'd get within four. We'd get within three, and then just could not close the gap down the stretch. Hey, you know, Trey, that's one of the things too. It's it's just hard psychologically and also mathematically it's part of the reason it is hard psychologically to play from behind the whole time you it just is. don't have that margin freer and like you say and is the greatest bulldog ever coach mcgill always said that boy is on scholarship too so if you're down 
12-14. When you start making that run in, in the second half, and like I say, you do get it to six, at some point you know the other guy, they're going to make a yep. shot too. <laughs> There's just not margin for error. Then, then you start to feel like, boy, we, we've got to convert almost every time. And, and like you said, it, would, it seemed like last night we got it down to six, then they'd get a stop and they'd hit a three, that, then maybe we put one up a little quick, then, then they get a dunk and train. And next thing you know, you're down 11 in about 30 seconds. Exactly. Also, it's just growing pains. We're, sure. You know, sure. Mike White's doing a fantastic job. We were a little bit ahead of the curve, played a, a really, really good non-conference schedule, really Loved tough it. against some power five teams, won three in the row in the SEC. Uh, we're a little bit ahead there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you – Things can pile up a little a little quick here when yeah. you get in the league play. So, obviously, losing four in a row sounds really bad, but those are four really really good teams oh, yeah. that you've lost. To. Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing too. As I said, that like the losses to Tennessee and Florida by no means bad losses. We all know that, but yeah. what you feel like missed opportunities. And yeah. because you know at some point you just look ahead and you think about a trip to a place like Starkville, uh, even this weekend going to Fayetteville, you know how tough that's going to be. And I know that was one of the things with Coach White, too, that these wins in this league, no matter the sport, are just so precious. And like you said, we are so far ahead of the curve. Uh, one, of, one, of my, one of my famous group texts that, that I always <laughs> like to, to talk about with a bunch of football and tennis letterman on there, uh, when, when we came up short against Alabama, golly, just disappointing. All right. Let's keep in mind, two years ago, we went 1-18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just, two years ago, could you point. picture us being up 17-2, to two, <laughs> being up 20 <laughs> against Alabama, having a chance to beat Tennessee on the road at Florida two years ago when we were – Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know. So, it's, it's, it's like you said, the growth pains. One thing I really like about this men's team, too, a young backcourt that could really be cornerstones of this program in the next few years, and Silas Demery and Blue Kane. Oh, yeah. I love both love of their games. Love to watch them play. Yeah. And what I love about this team is what's coming in next year oh, yeah. with those guys. And so, like you said, we're laying down the foundation a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, you know, I think we're going to get out of this little slump we're in and, yeah. and have, a, have another good year and, and look forward to next year as well. All right, Lady Dogs playing at the hump tonight. We're watching the Georgia women shoot here. It's been a tough go but got a very nice win on Sunday and now trying to make it two in a row against a hot Mississippi yeah. State team that's won four straight. MSU, speaking of beating top teams, the Mississippi State women have a win during that streak over the reigning national champion, speaking of good places to eat, the LSU Tigers, Baton, Baton Rouge. <laughs> that's number two. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's number one. That's for depth. Right. For depth. Yeah, yes, for yes, depth. For depth, yeah. number one. Yeah, so a good challenge here, but uh, for the Georgia women, Last Thursday, we lost to Tennessee, but, my goodness, we had been struggling to score and saw some shots go in oh, and were able to carry that over to Sunday. And uh, I know for Coach Abe, who's doing a, a really good job here building things, took us to the tournament last year, got a very good class coming in next year. It, it just felt good, and I was so happy on Sunday uh, because th- this league, Trey, in any sport, and, my goodness, we've been on both sides of it for, for every sport. And when, when you're on top, Enjoy it. That's always my oh, advice to yeah. to our our quote unquote rival announcers and, and people in the business. Hey, when you're winning, enjoy every second because this league is unforgiving. And I've told this story so many times. Last year, at one point, our our baseball team. Good gosh, we were sitting there in the league. I think before we swept a doubleheader from Kentucky, I think we were one and nine. And I had someone ask me, say, well, what's going on with the base play? I said, played a tough schedule, you know. Now it's five of the last six national champions, five different wow. schools coming to the SEC. Wow. And I said, you know, I said, the thing is, I said, we've got a good team. I think we're like the 30th best team in the country. The problem is that right at that point, it's like 13th in the league. And sure enough, I looked at our RPI then was 34th. 
So I, I look at our, our women's team. We've got a good team, but when everybody you play is good, going through growing pains, and, and when you've got younger players that are out there, it's just tough. And there's there's only two things you can do: a, you got to fight through it, and then b, at some point, you just, you got to win. Yeah, that's exactly. the only way to get it, through. It was it. so good to get a win. Oh God, it felt great. And you never know in basketball, the game of runs, you get a win. Maybe you could yeah. put together two or three, yeah, you know, it, back, it back just, to back. But it was so good. Coach Abe's teams are always known for playing really good defensive sound basketball so it was good to see you know all year we've played pretty pretty well uh defensively but it's good to see the last two games scored 73 and 72 our two highest scoring games put in sec play in the basket i, I like to score points so, I that, do too. so that was fun to watch yeah my, my all-time team i think i'd have magic and michael in the backcourt will to the center dr j and bird would be my yeah. forwards I'd, I'd that's score pretty sad. Score about two hundred. I put Vance or Littlefield back there somewhere. Well, I thought you put us with, with MJ, Magic, and uh, and Will. I think we'd be we'd all still right. win. I think with the two of us. Yeah. There. Now we're coming up on that time tray. Uh, softball actually opens up tomorrow, and Georgia baseball running a great promo there. Thank you very much, Chris. Yeah. I'm so pumped for Coach Johnson, West Johnson opening day for Georgia baseball coming up Friday, February 16th. By the way, Emily's birthday. Is the 18th? She always loves it. Her birthday's around opening day in the middle of basketball too. Yeah, so loves it. She shunned no attention. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you make up for it. Uh, uh, Emily, you listed. <laughs> More on that later. Right. Um, but uh, but but yes, yeah, so excited for that. And what we get into, and, and I'm going to do the, the Athens CVB here. We will have at that point 14. 14 won four different sports competing. Wow. And every school around the SEC is like that. So you got baseball, softball, gymnastics, tennis. and equestrian. You got both tennises, yep. both tracks, both basketballs, both golfs, and both swimmings, men's and yep. women's. So that's 14 sports. I will just say again, that is, and again, Georgia football has been the center of my universe since I can remember. But this is pretty fun. It's it a is, fun time of it, year. It is, it's hard to beat when you get into that mid-February, late February. And, and I will tell you as well, and I've got a lot of friends who own restaurants and run restaurants and work in restaurants, for the restaurants around Athens, it's honestly at times even busier this time of year because when you think huh. about it, and I was talking to my buddy Chris Lloyd who owns Hilltop Grill and Marker 7, of course, do the Bulldog Brunch from the Hilltop Grill. We are just talking about this, and you think during, during football season, so many people, you think about this, well, I've got my routine. This is what I'm doing on game day. This is what I'm doing on Friday nights. And it might mean, especially as you get older, cooking out because maybe yeah. you don't do the – and you've got your same tailgating spot you've been going to since Herschel was playing. And you do that so you, you – there for the – you know, 100,000 people that are in town, so many have their routines. But when we have these weekends, when you do have basketball and baseball and, and tennis going on, it is just so fantastic. There's so much to do. And, and the other good part about it, I think, you know, whether you live in Athens, you think about with you, you you've got uh, your little boy Jack and, and Sarah. It's not overwhelming to say, all right, let's go out to dinner and get something. Like sometimes I get at football, it can be intimidating to yeah. think about maybe to go out. But just the vibe in Athens. So I'll always tell for our dog fans out there, Georgia fans, just pick you out a weekend, basketball, baseball, tennis, two or three of them are at home. Just come on up and enjoy. Go, go watch them all play. It's awesome. Well, I'm telling you, some of my, my favorite days, you know, I do a lot of 
at a lot of tennis matches or sitting up on that deck at tennis yes. and then watching baseball and just texting with you back and forth like, hey, we're up a break on court two. Uh, yes, we're, you do a great yeah, job. We're coming back here. How's baseball doing? And, you know, and kind of watching both sports at, at one time. And it's I don't know if there's a, a, a better scene in, in college athletics. Oh, uh, it's, it's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I gave the live report to the great Bill Shanks on, what's today, Thursday? I get, Tuesday. It, it's Thursday, yeah. It yeah. is Thursday. Yeah. I get confused off. You know, I'm getting up there in age now. <laughs> well, we have to keep you straight. With a, a tremendous comeback win for the Georgia men's tennis team over Tech. Uh, Manny Diaz, 37-1 and one against the enemy. That's pretty stout. <laughs> That's pretty stout. And it was looking bleak. Uh, we were down 2-0. We're losing on court 4 7 5, five two. And, you know, I'm sitting there, well, it's just, well, you know. It's, it's just a young team. Just a young team. And then yeah. we started just hang around, hang around. We, we hung around and just started coming back and winning. And wound up winning the thing 5-2. I actually incorrectly initially I reported Georgia wins 4-2. That was the clincher. I did they too. play it out I on don't court feel four. Bad. And then we I went 5-2. I n- never let the details get in the way of a good story. But that that was great to see. Had a great crowd out there. And again, that's just another uh, just great example of how this time of year is so wonderful. And plus, I get it. It's well, still cold. I talked to Emily. She took Alvis and Hermie out this morning. It was 38 degrees. That sun gets shining in the afternoon. You get in the ooh. 50s. You could just feel it. And when you hear the, the bat start and it, 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 it's it's start, close. It's starting to stay lighter, it's a little cl- longer. A little long, A little bit longer. We're getting into 6 o'clock longer. now. It's getting yeah. close. Getting yeah. close. All right, Trey, let's talk a little Super Bowl coming up here. And uh, these are the teams. Obviously, the Chiefs have been the gold standard in the AFC. Yeah. I just say astounding. Six straight AFC championships. Unbelievable. Games. And the Patriots have been in eight straight. And they, they crossed over in 2018. So it's basically Mahomes and the Chiefs have just picked right up where Brady and the Patriots did. And then for San Francisco, four out of five trips to the NFC Championship game, their second Super Bowl appearance. Of course, the Chiefs beat them. We were right here in Starkville we when that game was played. We, we saved sure up some snacks for the Super Bowl. <laughs> we did. We sure did. And, and enjoyed uh, yeah. enjoyed watching that at the, in our hotel room, just yeah. watching that hey, and Super Bowl. And I'll tell Bowl. you this, Super Bowl Sunday, 12 o'clock tip. That's right. Coliseum. Get out there. Early. We'll, he's, a, he's a promoter. We'll be, we'll be honoring the 1999. We're going to party <laughs> like it's 1999 <laughs> at Stegman Coliseum. Yep. There's still tickets available. You're going to introduce the team at halftime. It's been 25 years. Uh, our women's basketball team made their fifth Final Four appearance. Uh, a lot of great players 25 on that team. years ago. That's a 12 o'clock tip. And then we're going to get home. We're going to watch the Super watch Bowl. The Super watch Bowl. the Chiefs and Niners. That's a, a great Sunday well spent. Were, were you surprised – and, and, again, none of us are questioning Las Vegas. They're ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas is they winning. They know a few things. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're way ahead. Were you surprised the Niners were favored in this thing simply by uh, looking at the quarterback matchup? Yes. Yes. Nine times out of ten, the team with the best quarterback is going to win the game, and the Chiefs have the best quarterback. So I was shocked to see that line. So uh, what that's telling me, and, and Trey, just from back here, Trey worked for the Denver Broncos. He he and John Elway and Terrell Davis Good are, yeah. yes, v- virtually credited <laughs> with, with the reason for the Bronco dynasty. Of the hey, back, I had the same birthday as John Elway. See, there yeah. you go. The Not the same year, seven. same birthday. Yeah. So, you know, with, you know, with, with your background in the NFL and Elway, he was my favorite quarterback. But I just oh, look yeah. at this. I, I'm sitting there saying, Vegas to me is telling us that the 49ers are going to win this game. 
But then at the same time, look, hey, Brock Purdy, he made the plays. When he's been on, he's great. But when he struggles, when he's off, off, he's I, off. He's way off. Yeah. I, I would just have a hard time if I was sitting at that window in Sin City Ooh. said, Trey, I got Jack's $10 for his college fund here. <laughs> Slapping it down. I would just have a hard time, even though Vegas is telling me. They're telling you with that number. The Niners are going to win this game. I would have a hard time going against Mahomes. Third straight game as an underdog, by the way. So I'm just what's saying, his record in those games? I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying, it, it, it's just like it was with Brady and the Patriots. Pick against them at your peril. And I can tell you, there were times when we'd have our pool with my buddies, and I almost always went with I'd, I'd pick against them. I'm, in fact, I took well, the Rams when the Patriots beat them 13-3 to in our pool, yeah, winner take off for, for lunch at Hilltop Grill. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, because I thought, well, the Rams, you know, they're favored. They, they're, they do this better. They do that better. And then Brady's doing the same, going, why in the world well, did I pick against this guy? And, and I just feel like that there are going to be people who take the Niners when Mahomes starts working his magic. They're going to be saying, underdog three straight Why games? did I pick against Mahomes? this guy. Well, all, all year long, I, not, not that I pulled against the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, I'd like to see the Bills do it. I'd like to see yeah, this like team to see beat Buffalo them. I'd like to see get in. And every single time, <laughs> Mahomes broke my heart. So I'm not – I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So that worked out. I love that Buffalo, that that wound up, that playoff game was played on the Monday afternoon yeah. because of the weather. And I, I, just, I really thought that was Buffalo's chance. I did too. And you know what? It's just when you play a team like the Chiefs, I don't care what the sport is, we're watching women's basketball, South Carolina and women's basketball. You play the dogs, Alabama and football. When you get that opening – you better take advantage. And I just go down to the Bills, what turned out to be their last drive before they missed the kick. They're second and nine. And I, I get going for the gusto, but the way that clock is going, Josh Allen had a wide-open receiver underneath to get the first down, probably gets you between the 15 and the 10. You work some more clock. He chose to take the shot at the end zone, got greedy, mm, yep. incomplete, incomplete, and then trying to kick, what was that, a 46-yarder? Yep. And that wind – and that kind of weather, I mean, once a wing out of that guy, I don't, I don't blame the, the kicker bass for that. I mean, that's a brutally tough kick in those conditions. But that was just one. And I know fortune favors the bold. Josh Allen will probably look back on that the rest of his life and say, I should have thrown underneath yeah. and taken the well, safe route. Well, and the Bills just had way too many things go, go against them. In that game. Injuries, mm-hmm. th- things like that that just did not work out for them against the Chiefs. So, so Chiefs and Niners, here we are. Chiefs and Niners, here we go. Do you think – let's talk about scheduling here for a moment. It's always a popular topic with basically every game being streamed out there. One of the things I did like during COVID with the schedule, when the the NBA and NHL, they started playing games on weekdays in the afternoon. Yeah. This was great. I love that. And you think back uh, – way back when, kids, you know, back in like the 50s when – we went by horse and buggy and everything. Yeah. Baseball games used to play in the daytime. I, I just think, and I think back, the son of a legend has walked in, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Patrick Felt, <laughs> the great Claude Felton's son. And, and Patrick works here at Mississippi State, by the way. But when I, I think about, you know, those times and certainly that Bills game, I, I, I think to me the NBA, the NHL, they should have a game at 4 o'clock on a weekday 
every day. I think it would be great. That's, you're getting home from work, kids getting home from school. you got a game on the late afternoon. I think it would be great. Oh, man, but some of my favorite memories were, were coming out from school and watching the Cubs on uh, of WGN. Of oh, WGN. At Wrigley yeah. Field. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, speaking of baseball, you mentioned Georgia baseball, Wes Johnson playing those midweekers at, at 3 o'clock. Yeah, I love afternoon. it. I love that. I love it. It's good for our players, too. Yeah. You'll be out there in the sunshine. So yes. we've, we've talked about this as well for – any basketball, we'll just say Georgia basketball. I, I would like a 6 o'clock start time yep. for midweek games. I, I, I just think that now, and again, I, when I started dating Emily, my wife has a grown-up job. She's a teacher. And realizing that, yeah, not everybody is up. You know, I get off the air at 9.30, you know, go get something to eat afterwards, get home at 10.30. Now, people who have grown-up jobs, unlike well, us, yeah. who have kids, and now you, you, you've got one and one on the way. Congratulations. Thank you. And Thank you. You, it's about when you get home. So to me, starting at six, I think would help the crowds. Well, <laughs> having a kid, our first kid, fourteen months old, really opened our eyes to a lot of things. And honestly, one of those things was how to plan out your bedtimes. And mm-hmm. and when you're looking at the schedule and you have a seven o'clock game on a Thursday night, right? That's really tough if you've got a kid, you know, either either school age or under five years old. And you're, you know, like Jack goes to bed at like 7.30. Mm-hmm. And so if, if the game starts at 7, there's no way we're going to, you know, my family's going to sure, make it to that sure. game. So, so, so certainly some merit in, into looking at going at 6 o'clock and well, it, going and the, a little bit earlier. And the thing, too, with the with the games, all all these games are streamed now, too. They so are. They, well, for, for, for TV, we do this and that for TV. And, and I think, too, I know I, I don't think anything just start past 7 local time. Like last night, the men's game, Georgia-Mississippi State, that game tipped off at 9, nine East. East. That's that's late. Well, and you notice the, we were watching on television. Yeah, it was a lighter and, and, you know, crowd. This, this is a great arena, great, great. basketball uh, you know, environment, great fans. Great support. history, yeah. Uh, and they had a pretty good crowd, but there were some empty seats yes. here. Even 8 o'clock Central time, you're getting into 10 o'clock by the time the game's over. You're getting home by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. That's just too late yeah. on a school night. It is. It, it, it's tough. Yeah. So, and, and I get – TV needs to fill the, the programming yeah. hours, but at the same time, part of why the SEC network was put together was to capture the passion of the fan bases. And when you had these later, or how about like when our men were at South Carolina, it was a nine o'clock tip <laughs> for Georgia and South Carolina. It seems Carolina. like our men have a lot of nine o'clock tips. A lot tips. of nine o'clockers. Yeah, those are some late nights. That's, you know, you and I talk, if we could have every game at about 11 a.m., <laughs> two guys working in sports, let's let's go to the game, let's get it done, let's go home. Be done for lunch. <laughs> I do like that baseball's uh, crank it up at, at three o'clock. Yeah, and speaking of, we're, we're sitting right next to, to Duty Noble oh. Stadium here, one of the the great palaces of college baseball. The Bulldogs will be coming out here for baseball in early April. And in this league in baseball, I mean, the SEC is strong in everything, mm-hmm. but, but with opening day coming up a week from tomorrow, I, I, I think about this. Five of the last six national champions mm-hmm. from the SEC, five different schools. You're talking yeah. about Vanderbilt, Florida, LSU. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and a sixth in there, Arkansas, lost in the final, nearly had it. So you're talking about six different schools in it, and we've had SEC versus SEC in there. You've had Florida, LSU, LSU, Florida. So you've had these Mississippi State and Vandy. So I think, what, over the past 12 World Series, we've had, I think, nine, nine. of the spots in the finals. And 
One uh, five. I mean, it's, it's it's just incredible how hard this league is. Jeff, I was sitting there looking at um, preseason rankings and looking at the SEC baseball preseason standings, all that stuff, trying to pick out a team, the weakest team in the league. I have no idea. I mean, what did you say, eight teams within the top 15? Yeah. That's absolutely unbelievable for a conference. It looks to have that down that we've only got six in the top ten preseason this year. Uh, last just a year, down we had, year, last year we had seven. That's right, in just the a preseason. Down year. Well, and then the thing that happens, I, I say I love it. It's funny to be in the polls. Then once you get into league play, you'll see. Let's say right now, LSU's three and Florida's six. Yeah. So let's just say they play each other, and. Somebody's got to lose when they play. So you'll see these teams that come in with the, with the high rankings and you get in the league play. Well, again, somebody's got to lose these games. Yeah, somebody has to. See them fall out. Then then you sit there and think like, oh, my gosh, I might be a, a mid-major who has a great year that, that gets to host. And then, oh, great, I get, uh, you know, Mississippi State is a two-seed coming to my yeah. place or something like that. But but the league is just so, Man, so we, tough. We see the strength of the SEC, obviously, in football every single of year. Of course, yeah. I think right behind football, you see the strength of the SEC in baseball. Oh, I think it's the hardest you, you, sport. Year to win. in. I think it's way out. harder in football. I think it is, too. Right, top to bottom. They're just more, more quality teams. It, it, is, it is unbelievable. I know, I know football, baseball, women's basketball is usually good. Um, no, so, just yeah. about every sport. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it – Men's hoops, too, it's interesting. We talked with Trey Littlefield from the Georgia Sports Information Office. I, I've seen the different brackets where you, you've had as many as eight or nine SEC teams getting into the tournament. And not that long ago, the league was really down. It yeah. is incredibly strong right now. Oh, and, and a lot of times, if Kentucky's not vintage Kentucky, people say the league's down. Well, I think enough people are by that now. Tennessee's really good. Auburn's really Alabama. good. Alabama's really good. And, of course, Kentucky's Kentucky. They're always going to be there. But this league is really, really good. It's a little bit tougher for Kentucky maybe than it used to be. Exactly. It really is because from top to bottom, there's a lot of good teams. Well, and the thing, too, with, with Kentucky – there, there would, and I think about just in my life, as I always say, and people can figure out why well, sports began in 1980. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. But anyway, just for me in my lifetime, or, you know, you go back to the late 70s, well, well, Tennessee would have a great team one year. Alabama would have a great team one year. Certainly LSU would have a great team. But there wasn't that consistent team really until Billy Donovan in Florida. Hmm. And, and you talk about Kentucky. This is a f- program that has more – SEC championships than the rest of the league combined. When you talk about regular seasons in the tournaments. So I think for Kentucky fans, you know, well, they, you know, Final Four bust, and, and yeah. obviously they expect to win the SEC in the SEC tournament. So even if they have a really good team, I just think for a lot of their, their fans that are, you know, like us 50 year olds there, 51 to be exact, you're 35, not age 36. 36. <laughs> but for those fans who are used to, say, going, I don't know, 17 and 1, 18 and 2, depending on how the format was in the league. That, yeah, you might go 13 and 5 and still have a great and team. And still have a really good team. But Kentucky, they're not used to losing five conference no, games. You know, isn't it fun to watch? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that fan base, I just always say just pick whoever you think the most obnoxious football fan base is. Pick the second one, the third one, and the fourth one. You might even say Georgia, Alabama, Florida, whatever. Add them all up, and that's Kentucky. <laughs> that's right. Because they have that. Uh, Catlanta, baby. Cat- we used to go to Atlanta oh, for the SEC gosh. tournament. The Big Blue Nation was out in full force. And they called uh, it Catlanta. Catlanta. We had what? Those 
Great games between uh, Kentucky and Arkansas, yeah. split right down the Absolutely. middle. Absolutely. Or Kentucky and Florida, yeah. I remember yeah, they were there when, uh, when Tubby was at Kentucky, and we were over there. We had a, a pretty good team, and uh, we're over there, and all the Kentucky fans, their T-shirts <laughs> just said, here to win again. Welcome <laughs> to, to win. Atlanta. <laughs> like, oh, my god. And gosh. you know what? Most of they the time won. they did. They, they won. Did. They won there yeah. in Catlanta. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot, Trey. Uh, here we go. You're a regular with us on the road. Yep. Again, you got $10 for Jack's college fund out there. Ooh. I'm going to let it ride. No, no betting. Going to the window in Las <laughs> no, Vegas there. No, no. Niners favored by two and a half. Who are you taking Sunday? I'm taking Chiefs. I think so. I'm taking Chiefs. Okay. Yep. Jack pulling hard for the Chiefs. He, he love, well, he, he's a big – Jack's a big Dolphins big fan. Big Dolphins fan. We okay. put on a Dolphins game. He, he is focused. Locked on in game. on yeah. that. Yeah, he was born in Florida, loves Miami, loves the Dolphins. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're pulling for the Chiefs on Sunday. All right, so future yeah. Bulldog third baseman and, and middle That's linebacker, right. Jack Littlefield. That's Trey, right. I appreciate the time, appreciate as always, it, as our uh, great sidekick here on the, the Super Stations. And hopefully our Lady Dolls can get us a win, and we'll have a nice flight home today. Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll party like it's 1999. Like it's 1999. That's right. Great job, Trey Littlefield, our sidekick here today as we have ourselves a great afternoon. Technically, I'm still in the morning in Central Time here on the Superstations. Now, back to the Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Good stuff, Chris Master Radio. Chris tweeted there to buddy Jay Rips. Please. No Barry Manlow and Copa Cabana today was stuck in my head all day long. It's a great white suit there you were able to find, Chris. And uh, thank you very much to Brad Snipes for tweeting us in. Sent us out a big hello there. Oh, this was pretty cool. Mississippi State baseball right next door. Sorry, Chris. Turned myself up a little bit there. They had a student home run derby. That's a good idea. I like that. Something maybe we could try there. Uh, the great David Johnston. We'll have Dave on with us next week as we get ready for baseball season. Of course, DJ and I have been calling the Georgia games for decades and decades. Can't wait as we are a week away from opening day. Thank you to Jim Cooney for dialing us in. My man Chase Smith, I love it. It ain't paranoia if they're really out to get you. Amen to that, my friend. Amen to that. That's uh, so a Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. I, I, I'm so torn on this. And I know everybody gets tired of hearing about it, but I, I just have a hard time going against my homes. But I, I just have a feeling like it's San Francisco's time. So maybe, just maybe, it is the Niners' time. Again, very proud to have five Georgia Bulldogs in the Super Bowl. And that means there's been a player in 23 straight Super Bowls from the University of Georgia going back to when Richard Seymour was leading the way for that great New England defense, and the Patriots went to three in four years starting in 2001. So very proud to have the Bulldogs represented there. Uh, with Mahomes, uh, his legacy, again, he's if he never picked up another football, he's a top-ten quarterback ever. you got to be. I know you can tell me ten great ones, but, I mean, a guy who's won two Super Bowls, been Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, six straight AFC championship games, if he's – able to lead Kansas City to another victory, that only takes that resume up even higher. I think he's got a chance to go down as one of the three or four best of all time, and that 
comparison I always use uh, when it comes to all-time greats, your career value, how great you were from day one to day last, and then your peak value, how good you were that those top five, six years. For Patrick Mahomes, his best five or six years, he has been as good as any quarterback who has ever played the game. And for the Kansas City Chiefs to make that trade, to move up again, they already had a, a pretty good quarterback in Alex Smith. But for them to, to make that move and get him, change the direction, change the course of history, and took the Kansas City Chiefs from a pretty good franchise that usually contended, but again, hadn't been to the Super Bowl since Hank Stram, 1969. And it has made them the dominant force in the NFL. And meanwhile, the 49ers have been the picture of consistency in the NFC. They get another shot at the title, and it should be a great game on Sunday afternoon. Really looking forward to it. I saw uh, one of the prop bets out there, Christian McCaffrey's total yards from scrimmage, I believe was at 161. So that's his running and receiving. That's pretty high. I mean, that's one. If, if he gets that, th- this could come down to, you know, this is a stat. You still see it in college football. More often, it would it would really apply. The 100-yard rusher. Like Coach Rick had a great record when George had a 100-yard rusher. Of course, Kirby's got a great record when George has got a 100-yard rusher. You, you don't see that quite as much because teams like to alternate backs a little bit more. And like the Georgia-Florida game, Whoever runs the ball better is going to win that game nine out of ten times, if not 19 out of 20, if not 29 out of 30 times. I I think this is going to come down to who can run the ball better. And I think the Niners' run defense might just be a little bit better. But then you start thinking about Mahomes can make those plays, those sidewinding passes, you know, throwing off his back foot. And you got Kelsey, and then the 49ers have got Kittle. And, of course, I'll be cheering for Kittle's backup, Charlie Werner, who had such a great game in the NFC Championship game, one of those five Bulldogs that's going to be there. And hopefully we have ourselves another great Super Bowl because for the last quarter century or so, we've been on a heck of a run having great games. Uh, Just looking at some headlines here, I just went to ESPN.com and basically everything about the NBA, Gino Ariema, we got to 1,200 all-time wins. As UConn's head coach, to beat Seton Hall 67 to 34. Let's see, he's the third coach in Division One history, men's and women's, to get to 1,200. Mike Shashevsky and Tara Vanderveer. Coach K retired with 1,202. Tara Vanderveer still active at Stanford. She's got 1,206. So Gino, with all those national titles. Gets number 1,200. This is interesting, too. Wisconsin's Luke Fickle hoping Mike Vrabel can be around the team. He's trying to get some expertise in there. And how about this speed? We're talking about women's basketball. Georgia playing tonight. The Iowa Hawkeyes women's team and their superstar Caitlin Clark playing. Sold-out crowd and floor seats going for $1,000 as Iowa is on the road taking on Northwestern tonight. So that's something. You see that in basketball. I remember some of Kentucky's vintage years, as I sit here in the hump, or when they would come to Athens. Hard to get seats for those. People want to you want to cheer for your team, but you want to see that superstar coming in. I remember when Shaq was playing at LSU, and before my time, Pistol Pete 
that's the kind of impact that Caitlin Clark's having for Iowa and on the women's game. Uh, Lady Dogs tonight taking on Mississippi State, 7.30 east with a tip-off, 7.15 airtime with yours truly. Thank you so much to Chris Rogers. I'm going to go walk around Duty Noble for a little bit, hanging out here at the Hump, Starkville, Mississippi. Hope everybody has a great Thursday. Hey, go ahead and start your weekend tonight, everybody. Thanks so much, Chris. Keep working on those cheesy love songs. You're the best, my friend. Bill's with you this afternoon from 3 to 7. I'm back tomorrow from Athens. Thanks so much for listening. Lunchtime in Athens from Starkville on the Superstation.